Good morning, everyone. I know we've said that a bunch of times, but good morning. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, listen, I've done this a couple times over the years, but now with so many of us here in one place, you can truthfully answer out loud, and the people around you won't even hear you because we're all going to talk at the same time. So how's everyone doing this morning? Me too. That's great. Glad that you're all with us today. It's really awesome to be with you today. Hey, 10 years. Bridge is 10 years old this this year. Isn't that incredible? Think about 10 years. Now, some of you maybe have, uh, have been here for at least the 10 years. Let me just ask, just for a show of hands, if you have been a part of Bridge since the very beginning when Bridge began, uh, would you just raise your hand real quick and just look around here? Look around here and just, hey. These are what you call our Bridge old timers, okay? They've been with us for a long time when they can tell you stories that go back in the day. But I just, what I want to do this morning, just for a few moments if I can, is I want to just, again, remind us why we're here, and I want to give you an opportunity to see some of the results from that. We are here to thank God for the things that he has done. And maybe, you know, we've said that a couple of times already during our service today, but I think it's better sometimes to not just talk about what God has done. Sometimes it's better to actually see it. And I want you to take a few minutes and check this video out as we put together some really awesome statistics that God has done in us and through us in the last 10 years of Bridge. Check this out. Isn't that awesome? Listen, guys, almost a million dollars has been invested towards the work of missions in the last 10 years. Isn't that something to be celebrating this morning? A million dollars. Those numbers, over 100 people have made first-time decisions to follow Christ. 114 people have been water baptized. $65,000 in benevolence support to help people in our church and in our community. Those are some things that we need to say thank you for God for right? We need to say thank you for God. That's not something we did on our own. It's something we want to say thank you to God. So God, let's say thanks to him this morning again. Thank you. We shared that video with you first uh, this morning because it's important for us to know why we're here celebrating. And those are just a few things that we want to celebrate. Numbers don't all tell the story. Sometimes the stories have to be told by our lives. But as I said earlier, this morning is about proclaiming God's greatness. And and I got that message title out of Psalm chapter 145, verse 1. And Psalm 145, 1 says this, I will proclaim your greatness, my God and King. I will thank you forever and ever. So we are worshiping God this morning by declaring or proclaiming his greatness during this service. Now, there are different ways we can declare how God is great, and maybe um, you can think of more than a few different ways. We can say it with our words today and just say, God is great, right? We can just say it. Let's try it. One, two, three. God is great. Okay? And that's one of the ways we can declare that God is good. We can also show it with our lives because a life that shows love to others is a life that demonstrates the goodness of God. So we declare God's goodness and greatness by the way that we love others. But a third way that we can do it this morning is that we can share our stories with people. Because it's not just what we say and it's not just how we live. It's also the stories that we share that declare the goodness and the greatness of God. And I don't know about you, but I like a good story. Does anybody enjoy hearing a good story? You know, the church I went to when I was a little boy, my uncle was the pastor in. And I can tell you with with all sincerity, and God bless him as, as he's now with the Lord, I don't remember one message he ever preached. 
but I remember a lot of stories, and he told a lot of stories. And I just want to make that that, that point this morning to say the way that we're going to honor God today and the way that we're going to declare God's goodness for each one of us to hear is to share a few stories. God has always been great and he always will be great. He is a great God. And there's three things I'm going to show us this morning briefly. How did we become who we are? How were we able to put those statistics up 10 years ago and say, God, how did we get here? We're going to look at three brief things this morning. First, we're going to look at um, the road to becoming bridge. How did we become bridge? Then we're going to look at the road to building bridge. What were the things we put in place? And lastly, we're going to look at the road to being bridge builders for those in the community. So it's important for us to start by looking at the first one. We're going to look at the road to becoming bridge. If, if you're not familiar with the story of this church, uh, then you're in for a treat today because you get to hear a little bit of our background as to how we began. You see, Bridge Community Church began, as you saw from some of the statistics, when we first started, we started with almost 150 people. How did we start with that group of people? Two different churches meeting in the Lansdale area, both part of the same fellowship, made a decision. And the decision that we made was that we would be more effective reaching our community, working together than working apart. So some people called it mergers, some people called it takeovers, some people called it whatever. I just called it an integration that we made a decision recognizing that one of the churches, Maranatha Assembly of God, brought to the table location and property. And the other church brought together a larger group of people together. When we came together and we put our people together and we put our resources together, God began to do something that was great in our community. And that's what we want to celebrate this morning. So the process of becoming bridge involved conversations. It involved five months of our leadership talking with the other church's leadership. It involved planning and conversations that took place outside of our churches, but it involved people within our fellowship as well. And this morning, I'm really privileged to be able to say that one of the men that were involved in that process, who was instrumental in helping the two churches come together, is Pastor Jack Mason. And Pastor Mason was the pastor of Grace Assembly of God in Spring City for, is it 47 years, Pastor Mason? 47 years he pastored in Spring City. And just, was it two years ago that you retired or... Five years ago? Wow, five years ago you retired? You don't look like you retired at least like two years ago. But I think you work more now than you did when you were a pastor. It's harder to travel. Um, but listen, what's so encouraging about this is that him and his wife Nina are here this morning, and he was well, willing to come and take a few moments just to share his thoughts and hearts about the benefit of seeing the churches coming together. So would you just join me and uh, welcome for a few moments as Pastor Mason comes and shares. Wow, isn't this beautiful? Wow. God is bigger than our imagination. God is great. And he wants to do his mighty deeds in our lives, through our lives, and in our community. It's an awesome awesome thing. We are not idols to ourselves. We belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we're on a mission. Go tell them about the Savior. That's our mission and, uh, in life. And so it was uh, uh, just a little beyond those 12 years ago that uh, Otto Dippel called me 
and said, would you come? We need to spend some time together. Now, and he, he began to uh, share some things about his physical condition and things that was going on in his personal life. And he said, now we have this challenge, this challenge of merging our churches. And he said, I need to uh, come to the place where I'm at peace with myself, with this ministry, with the church. And uh, we spent a few hours just sharing. At times, tears ran down our faces as we remembered some of the things, and he shared some of the physical concerns that he had. And he said, uh, I'm, I'm at the place, I'm ready uh, uh, to resign. We want to go to Florida, we want to do some things. But he said, I want to do the right thing. And I don't know what the right thing is. And he said, that's why we're here today. We want to identify the right thing. And from that time on, we just began to uh, go back and forth about various things, who he'd spoken to, who he'd talked to. And, uh, and of course, it came down to this thing. Uh, uh, I'm an old man going to turn over to a young man. You know, uh, well, uh, what do you know about him, he wants to know. What do you know? And uh, I say, well, anybody that will uh, step aside of a well-supported uh, job that he had and uh, say, I'm going to give 100% to serve God, I said, he's on my team. <laughs> I said, uh, he's going to be on my team. And uh, I, I think it, this is the time, this is the place that all of you can begin to let God mold it into what it's going to look like. I said, what it's going to look like is going to be different at the end of uh, your talking than it is right now. But you've got to open your hearts to see the bigger picture. The bigger picture is the kingdom of God will be built. And the kingdom of God will go forward. And and Otto, God has blessed you, used you, and you've got the glorious hope of eternal life forever. And I believe that Otto is in that cloud this morning of witnesses And he's looking down from heaven with a smile and said, Oh, am I glad I did that. (laughs) And uh, what a joy that is and the realization. And uh, we thank God for uh, the the grace of God. The only problem I can see in the church, you need a more enthusiastic song leader. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, my. We've had wonderful friends in this service today. And when we think about God's goodness of how he took people, and he just keeps molding them, forming them for such a day as this. 
And he does that, and there's more days to come, and there's more experiences to come. And to God, we give glory, we give thanks. And, and so that was a, a critical time following those days the, to get through all that, because I had to go back to the district office and tell them what I uh, said. What did you say? Do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing? I said, I think uh, uh, it's a God thing, and I think that uh, both uh, uh, Brother Dipple and, and this young man sitting on this front row is God's choice for something big in, in this community. And we give God thanks today. And it's just marvelous. And I have one more thing to tell you. The best is yet to come. Believe him and watch what God will do. God bless you. Oh, hang on. If you want to... If you want to come back and speak any time, you can if you're going to keep calling me a young man. <laughs> Ten years ago, that was truer. I guess it's all relative now. Um, but yeah. People don't know the story behind the glory sometimes, right? We just see the benefits. We don't know what happens behind the scenes. And as Pastor Mason, you shared the story about Pastor Otto when he was the pastor of Maranatha. There were many times, and some of you have heard me say this, there's many times when we integrated and we finally became bridge, and he would come into my office and we would talk, and uh, he'd ask me, hey, how you doing? (laughs) And I'd say, well, I feel really heavy right now. There's a lot of things going on, and I'm trying to juggle a lot of things. And he's like, well, you had a lot of weight when you started this job, and I gave you all mine. (laughs) So I'm not surprised. And he was funny like that. It just didn't feel funny at the time. (laughs) But you know, I've had people ask us this question, how we did this? How did we put the two churches together? And I think what Pastor Mason said was super important for us to remember. It wasn't a good thing. It wasn't a great thing. It was a God thing. And I think what we need to remember is that certain things can't be replicated. What matters is that the right people are in the right place at the right time. And it's not about their will. It's about what God wants to do. And there was a lot of navigating for us to make it work but it did work. And look at us today and look what God has been doing. Isn't that awesome? So the pathway to becoming bridge involved things that happened before we ever became bridge. But the road to becoming bridge also involved building bridge. And those of you that were here 10 years ago know that there was a lot of work to be done when we came together. God was faithful, not just in the signing of the papers and making things come together, but he was faithful in financially providing a way for us to renovate our facility, to make things work. I remember looking back over our finances when we started as our two churches, and I remember very clearly looking at where I was coming from, putting these two churches together for a window of time resulted in us carrying two rental uh, agreements, two mortgages that totaled over $7,000 a month, and we had $1,500 in our bank account. And that happened 10 years ago. 
And I remember looking at this saying, God, if you're going to be able to show us the way, you need to start showing because there's not a whole lot of way for us to make right now. And then that song, isn't that a great song? God is the way maker. He's the one that does miraculous things. He's the one that says, you know what? Trust me in the process. So we began as bridge putting this plan together to renovate the building. And we secured uh, contractors and we had the bid process and, and, and got Centura Associates coming together as our architect. And, and, and they drafted all these plans. And we remember the day came that we walked into our sanctuary and we laid all the plans out. I'm sorry, the plans went out to the contractors and the day came where the contractors came back in with their stuff to pick up some additional plans. And I remember one contractor looking at us, taking the plans, and he knew in advance what our time frame was. We had 90 days from the time that they started the project that we wanted to finish their portion of the project. And this man came in with his set of plans and he walked into this room, me, a very young pastor, not knowing anything about what was going on, walked in and he looked at me and he took his plans and he slammed them on the table. And he said this, you think you're going to finish this in three months? You better start praying. (laughs) Some of you remember that? Oh, I remember it. And I remember thinking, what have we done? I'll never forget him when he did that. And, and this, it doesn't matter what his name is. I just call him the anonymous encouraging contractor. But, but I remember when he walked out of there thinking, oh, good Lord, what have we started? And yet the other contractors that were there, a few were talking. And after they left, they kind of talked me off the shelf a little bit and said, hey, um, we think we can do this in 90 days. So the bids went out, we got all the information, and we began the process. And we secured uh, Bryce Minninger with H. Minninger and Associates, and he began the process, started, did all the work that needed to be done, and you know what? 90 days after they began the process, the job was complete. God was faithful, amen? Amen. I want to, I want to personally thank the effort and the work that Bryce did. And uh, Bryce and his wife were actually here this morning. So would you guys just stand for a moment just so we can say thank you? Thank you, guys. Listen, we like Bryce so much that when we went to our second expansion, he was the first guy we called. And we had to pull teeth to get him. I'm just coming back. No, I'm just kidding. He actually came back and, I mean, I remember the words you said. You said, it really was a pleasure to work with you guys the first time. We would like to consider working with you again a second time. So not only did they work in the first expansion, but they helped us and they completed our second expansion. So again, thank you, H. Minniger and Associates. Thank you, Bryce, for your work and your effort for helping Bridge become what we are today. But the story of building Bridge involves many people. It involved many people to bring us to that place. So it wasn't just meeting all of the needs of our first contracting and our, and our expansion, but I remember during our second phase when we got ready to take another step and we looked at the financial investment that needed to happen for us to expand the front of our building and add some classroom spaces. And I remember the number that we were looking at and the amount of money. God, where are we going to be able to get this money? How are we going to continue to do this? And I remember, and some of you may remember her from many years ago, but there was a woman that came to the church many years ago named Suzanne Hartley. And Suzanne Hartley was a friend of ours many years ago. And right around the time that our church was starting our second expansion, I got a call from her and I found out that she was, she was failing, her health was failing, and she was dying of cancer. 
And I remember going in and talking to her and we spent some time talking and she was really at peace. She was a young lady. She was about 50 years old, I think, when she passed away. But I remember sitting in hospice with her and talking with her and we didn't have any conversation about the church or the expansion or anything. But sometime after she passed away, I got a call from her financial advisor who said, Suzanne left you a portion of her retirement fund. And I want you to know that in the next few months, you're going to receive a check for about $90,000. And I was blown away. And I said, that is incredible. So one month became two months. Two months became three months. Three months became five months. And finally, when the estate was getting settled over, I called the man and I said, hey, just wanted to check in. We're getting ready to start this building project. Where is that? And uh, he said, well, we're getting ready to release it, but I have great news for you. He said, it's almost $100,000 now. And I said, that's amazing in the last few months. He said, so you're going to get a check for about $100,000, which I thought was incredible. At the same time, we had a missionary that we were supporting. Some of you remember Rob and Steph Gecki. They were missionaries in the Middle East. And during that time, there was a financial need that they had for some transportation. And I remember talking to our board at that time saying, you know what? Can we bless them and help them? Even though we're going through an expansion, even though we're looking for taking out loans and doing things, can we continue to bless them? And I remember the board authorizing a $10,000 payment towards the transportation and the vehicle they needed in the Middle East. And I thought, $10,000, that's incredible that we're giving a $10,000 gift away while we're still trying to do this expansion. So three weeks later, when the check gets ready to be written, I get a call from the financial advisor. And he says to me, he says, Paul, I have no idea how to explain this, but you're getting a check for $114,000. And I said, what are you talking about? He said, it was $110,000. It was $100,000 three weeks ago. Today, it's $114,000. And I said, well, maybe the market's just, you know, maybe the market's just taking off. And he said, no, it is in an account that averages 6 to 7% a year. And you just gained 14% on that investment in three weeks. And we're cutting you a check for $114,000. We got a check for $114,000. We sent $10,000 to a missionary. We used the rest for our expansion. Isn't that a great story? Isn't that awesome? Thank you, God. We say thank you for that. These are things that we forget sometimes. But I just want to share that story with you again because it's so important for us to remember the faithfulness of God to do the thing that we are unable to do ourselves. So on the road to building the bridge, there's property that was involved, just that I talked about. But there was also another foundation that God laid for our church, and that was the foundation of prayer. And if you were here when Bridge opened on its very first Sunday, you know that Bridge was actually short three key people in our church. Because at that time, our other pastoral staff member, his name was Mike Oldham. Some of you remember Pastor Mike Oldham. Him and Tanika uh, were part of our church. And Tanika was pregnant with their first young baby. Their first baby. (laughs) And they were having a little boy. And he was born. And when Christopher was born... Here's Christopher right there. When he was born, and this is Pastor Mike, and there's Tanika over there. And when Christopher was born, there were some complications that took place that affected his ability to breathe. And he was then moved into the NICU of the hospital, and he was there for 23 days. 23 days. And I remember Pastor Mike going to the hospital the day before our opening Sunday. And two things I remember going through my mind. It's like, Lord, I hope that little boy is going to be okay. 
And then the second thing that went through my mind was, Lord, I hope we're going to be okay tomorrow because we just lost our worship leader. So that morning, I remember leading worship and speaking and doing both of those things as he was in the hospital with his wife and his newborn baby. That's a great story for me to think about how God began a work because the next day on Monday when Leslie and I went to the hospital to visit, I remember coming home and us driving home that Monday night and we went straight to the church and we walked through the doors of the church, we walked into the sanctuary and the entire room was filled and surrounded with people in a circle holding hands, praying for Chris Oldham. And I remember that day like it was yesterday. We walked in there and we saw everyone holding hands. And I wrote this down because I felt like God spoke this to me. And he said, Paul, if this church is ever going to reach the community, it needs to be built on the foundation of prayer. You see, the first full day that we were in that building as bridge, we had a prayer meeting. And that was the foundation that began the future of what bridge is. We can build anything we want, guys, in our own strength. We can try to create things in our own abilities, but if prayer is not the foundation, it is not going anywhere. Well, Christopher Oldham turns 10 years old next month. Yes? And, and listen, he's here today with his mom and his two brothers. Would you guys stand just for a moment, please? There they are. Chris, would you guys? There's Christopher and his brother Caleb and his youngest brother Caden and Tanika. We're sorry Pastor Mike couldn't be with us today. I know he's jet-setting across the country, but, um, but thank you guys for being here. We love you, and thank you for being a part of what God did 10 years ago and to see God's faithfulness 10 years later. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. How else has God been showing his faithfulness? How else has God been great? He doesn't just build property. He doesn't just build things on the foundation of prayer. He does it through people. Someone once said years ago that the church isn't a building, it's people. When Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, he said, Peter, upon you, I will build a people that will become the church. A church isn't a building or an organization. A church is an organism that moves and flows with kingdom mindset for the things that God has for his people and the light that he has to spread to the world around us. God builds people and Bridge has some really incredible people that I want to acknowledge just for a few moments. These are people who sacrifice. These are people who dream. These are people who are willing to go above and beyond in different areas. They recognize that their reward is not in this world, but they recognize that their reward is in heaven. They do what they do, not because someone motivates them to do it, though that's not a bad help. They do it because they love Jesus and they want to see the kingdom of God move forward. So over the last 10 years, I put together a list and I asked myself, who are all of the pastors, the elders, the staff people, the paid staff people across our church and our advisory board members who are all the people that served in one of those capacities over the last 10 years. And maybe you don't know them all, but I want to introduce you to them all this morning. Every person that you see here on this slide, and it began with, there, that, that's when I was young, right? There I am right there in the middle. And then Pastor Otto is over on the side. We've got Pastor Mike here. And then Julie McCusker is in the middle. That was our core group of staff people when we began 10 years ago. 
Since that time, every other person that you see has worked in our office, has worked in a pastoral position, has served as an elder, or has worked on our advisory board. And if you're here this morning and you've served in any of those capacities, would you just stand with me, please, for a moment? Would you stand, please, if you've been in one of those four areas? Just stand this morning. Would you recognize the people around you? Now stay standing, okay? Stay standing just for a minute. Because the only reason why I didn't have the pictures of everybody else is because there's too many people, okay? But, okay, and this is, this is really awesome. If you have served in any leadership capacity in our church, volunteered as a department leader, a ministry lead, maybe led a missions trip, any or all of the above, would you please stand with us this morning as well so we can recognize you? Would you do that please this morning? Everybody else? Thank you, guys. Thank you. You may be seated. See, these people don't just know how to serve, but wow, they know how to have some fun too. And I wanted to just give a, just, just, a, little, just a little example of that here and what that means. You see, uh, it was a few years back uh, when our advisory board transitioned over that we thought it would be great to, uh, to welcome our new advisory board members in by dressing up as some of our favorite characters. So that's me in the middle. That's me being Jesus uh, in the middle. And there's Andy over there and, uh, and Glenn's in his blue man costume. Uh, and we have a lot of fun doing some of those things. Uh, we do leadership, staff, leadership and staff dinners every, uh, every year. And uh, I'm not sure what Jess is doing here in this situation, but this was who can jump the highest. So they were having a competition on who can jump the highest. This was who can make the biggest bubble, and Pastor Christine won that. Um, over in the far right, Cooper was over there with Glenn cheering him on, and they were throwing ping pong balls into a basket to see who could make the most shots. Uh, and then, of course, we always like to have a lot of fun by poking fun at our pastors and having fun during pastor appreciation. So I just wanted to show that because isn't it good to laugh as a church? Isn't it good to have some fun? It's good to have some fun. God builds bridges and he builds people to speak a message to the world. There was also a road to building bridges that I want to talk about. Because yes, we can talk about the bridge to begin bridge, the pathway to begin bridge. We can talk about the road or the pathway to build bridge, but we have to talk about the road to building bridges. And that's the road that never ends. That's the road that though God begins laying foundations in a church, we have to continue to build. And what Pastor Mason said is right on, that the best is yet to come. And when churches begin to celebrate their past more than looking towards their future, they begin to die. We can recognize and embrace our past, but we have to actively embrace and pursue our futures. And when we pursue our future, we recognize that God didn't do what he did by putting two churches together so that we can just have a place to gather. And he didn't show us supernatural stories by meeting financial needs so that we can be comfortable. And he didn't put key leaders in place and add to our leadership team over the years so that we can just high-five each other and enjoy being in each other's presence. No, he does all of these things and he lays all the foundations because there is the message of the gospel that needs to go forth into our world. The message of Jesus' love and salvation has to be communicated to the world around us. And if we aren't about speaking the message in the way that we live 
then all of those things don't mean a whole lot. So how do we consider the road to building bridges? Well, a couple of things we did foundationally, and some of it is just part of our DNA, but missions from day one has been a priority from bridge from the very beginning. And this is just a sampling of some of the different trips that we've been on as a church. We've been to Alaska four different times. We went to Argentina. We went to Haiti. A team went to Puerto Rico to do some rebuilding. Teams have done individual projects with Samaritan's Purse. Mission Lansdale has happened four times now over the last four years. And when you do the math and you look at our investment in missions in 2009... In 2009, we had $22,000 invested in the work of missions. So far this year, we have $171,000. I'm sorry, in 2018, we had $171,000 invested in the work of missions. Isn't that incredible? Because we believe in the work of missions. And a long time ago, when we started, a long time ago, when 3% of our budget as a church was allocated towards the work of missions, I felt like the Lord spoke about this and said, you worry about taking care of my business and I'll take care of yours. You worry about and focus on handling my needs, the needs that I have my heartbeat to reach the community, and I will take care of your needs. You see, we think sometimes the answer to meeting our needs is to literally meet our needs. But many times God says, seek first the kingdom of God, meet my needs, make my priorities your priorities, and watch what I will do in your life through your priorities. So missions was one of the bridge-building things that we have done. And I could sit here all morning and tell stories, which I'm not going to do. But whether it's in the missions trips, the people that we've not just sent on missions trips, but the people we've launched into missions, like Mary Ann Lucas, who used to be a part of our church and is now in Argentina. We tell people our very first... Listen. Twelve people went to Argentina. And eleven came back. And you can fill in all the rest. But she's now in Peru, reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's tarantulas there. God bless you, Marianne. We've gone on mission trips. We've fed hungry people. We've supported Convoy of Hope year after year. Mind-blowing experiences when I remember going to Haiti and seeing the food and talking to some of the people that went to say, every year at Easter, we give to Convoy of Hope And the same videos we see of the food and the water and the different kids, we're doing exactly what we see in the video. And it just touches people's lives. And it puts such a heartbeat in people's lives to reach other people that it's something we need to continue to nurture. Mission Lansdale has touched people's lives in ways that I can't even describe this morning. But I want to say thank you for everyone that's participated in some way in missions work. You know, Pastor Brian said a few weeks ago when we talked about Mission Lansdale just this year that there were almost 150 people across our church that participated in some way in Mission Lansdale this year. Isn't that incredible? Listen, over 150 people. You may have been one of, the per- one of the people that pumped gas. You may have been one of the people that washed cars or went to a nursing home and loved on the patients or played bingo or took over bingo in my case. You may have been one of those people that did those kinds of things. Or maybe you're one of the people that fed those that went. Or maybe you're one of the people that gave because you couldn't give of your time. So you gave of your finances. But 150 people gave and it's making an impact in our community. So thank you, God. Thank you for allowing that. The road to build bridges is also not just about missions, but it is about a mindset 
And the mindset is that we do whatever it takes to love other people, to do whatever it takes. My mind was brought back to Alaska when I had this thought, and I just grabbed two slides on what that looks like. You know, people think about going to Alaska. This was the first trip we took to Alaska. Um, And when we went there, I remember telling people we were raising money to go to Alaska. That's like telling people that you're going to, like, Hawaii for a missions trip. People are like, you're going to Alaska? Okay, well, have fun on your sightseeing. And and what I should have showed them this afterwards to say this is what our world was like going to Alaska. But I remember Jim Thomas and I pulling the toilet out of the missionary's house, out of Sam Kimmel's house, because it didn't flush right for three months. And it was the only toilet in their house. So I helped Jim take the toilet out, and then Jim stuck his finger in the toilet to clean it all out. Jim, I don't know where you are, but God bless your soul. Right? <laughs> no, you can tell. <laughs> you can tell my face is really revealing there how I felt about it. I was like, what are we doing, man? We're in Alaska. Most people go to Alaska to hang out. We're going there to... to anyway, so... But there's a can-do attitude with the people that go on our trips. Can I tell you? Consistently, there's a can-do attitude. This is Will Frutiger and, uh, and Kelsey, Kelsey Mullen was over on the other side of that. But they, they volunteered to go up into an attic of our missionary's house and redo all of the insulation that the previous team did wrong. And it was only like three feet of space, so they laid on their belly and their backs for hours to make that work. And this was Will's attitude. Thumbs up. And, and, and just, I put these two together because I just got to share, Jim, you know what I'm going to say. The two of us, we've got a little bit of experience in some of this stuff. And when they were handing out the responsibilities of stuff to do, Jim and I were outside cleaning the toilet. And he looked at me and said, I heard them saying we needed someone to go up in the attic. <laughs> and he went, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I said, I thought the, <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> Let the young people go. And they went. But I'm sharing this because this is pretty cool. You know why they had to redo it? They had to redo the insulation because the team before them wouldn't listen to the missionaries. They wanted to do it the way they thought was right. And the missionaries said, this is how we do it in Alaska. They did it wrong, so we had to redo it for them. Our team didn't tell them what we were going to do. Our team did what they asked us to do. Our team didn't care if we were on the streets with people or we were building or painting or digging ditches. We were there to serve. And can I tell you consistently, you need to hear this. If you've been on any missions trip in this church, it applies to every single missions project that I have heard from people. The people that go on trips at Bridge Community Church are servants. The people that go on trips at Bridge Community Church are about the people that they are reaching, not about their own agendas. They're about blessing the people that they go to bless. We don't just go, we go with finances. We go with ambition and we come back sore. And that's okay. Our backs hurt. Our necks hurt. Sometimes our wallets hurt. But you know what? Jesus is the great healer. And he continues to remind us that when we make our business about meeting the needs of others, God blesses us in return. So I want to say thank you to everyone who has continued to build the bridge by doing that. Two other quick things I want to mention this morning, and then I'm going to ask our worship team to come up. And actually, if the team could come up now, I want to do this. If you guys could come up as we get ready in just a few moments to close. We're just sharing some stories this morning, and maybe you've heard some of those stories before, or maybe they're brand new to you. But can I tell you, the best story you can share about Bridge is your story. 
Because our hope and our desire is not to create a place for people just to come, but we want people to learn to thrive. We want people to experience a life-changing experience so that when God moves them, when God touches them, their lives are never the same. And there are people across this room that have stories that we'll share and have shared about how God has met them simply because they've come to bridge and there was a place for God to meet with them. Two things come to mind and two quick stories that I want to mention, and I think that these are so impactful. The first is about Kevin Hayes. Some of you know Kevin and Lori Hayes. Uh, Kevin's the guy photobombing me and my family in this picture up here in the back, and he's the guy playing defense in Alaska against that little guy. So uh, I, I just, this guy's still probably in therapy after that game. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, it's like Sasquatch going right over. But anyway, why I'm sharing this story is that Kevin and Lori Hayes were part of our church for about a year before he signed up to go on this trip. He was here for about a year, and some of you have heard Lori talk about their walk and their, their, their direction and what God has been doing and, and the awakening that happened in their hearts when they came to the church. I share the story about Kevin because Kevin signed up for the trip, and he recognized that there was a challenge. You see, Kevin was a long-term smoker, and he knew that the air flight to Alaska was long enough that he would have a problem smoking cigarettes. So he made a conscious choice on May 23rd, 2014 to no longer smoke and he threw away his cigarettes and he said I'm not going to do this anymore and I'm sharing this story with you because as he told me just re, uh, recanting the story again yesterday or, or uh, re- retelling the story yesterday not recanting retelling the story yesterday two weeks after quitting two weeks after quitting at about 12:30, the one o'clock in the morning Kevin had enough and he said I can't do this I'm done and he said I got up My wife was in bed and I told her, I'm going out to buy a pack of cigarettes. He put his clothes on, he put his shoes on, he walked out the front door and he said, before I got to my car, I got a text message from you, Pastor Paul. And the text message, and I remember this, I remember because I was still up. He goes, the text came in and the first thing he said was, is he still up? What is he doing up at 1230 or one o'clock in the morning? And the text message said, Kevin, I just want to tell you how encouraged I am that you're quitting smoking true story. I want to tell you that I'm encouraged that you're quitting smoking and God's going to do a great thing in your life by going to Alaska. He said, I went to my car. I looked at the message. I closed my phone. I put it back in my pocket, went back inside. Haven't touched a cigarette since May 23rd, 2014. Right? Lori? True, right? True story. As some of you have heard me say over the years, you can't make this stuff up. You've got to be a really creative liar. And I'm not a liar, and I'm not creative. So either one of those things has to be God. All of the foundations we have built so far have been because God wants to touch people. The last thing I want to mention as our team gets ready to play is simply the story here of Jim and Barb Thomas. So I grabbed this picture, and I wanted to show you this picture of Jim and Barb Thomas. This is the toilet bowl cleaner and his wife. And this is where it gets really personal because remember what I said, the greatest story you can tell is your story. And I want you to think about this. Jim and Barb have been here for many, many, many years before we were ever bridge. Jim and Barb love inviting people to bridge. They are evangelists in their heart to want to invite people to church. Why? Not because they're looking to build a building or to invite more people for the sake of just having bodies. They know that the power of God can change people's lives. 
So I did a little homework and I thought I would do this this morning and you guys don't even know what I'm going to do. So here we go. Just stand just for a moment, please. I'm sorry, just Jim and Barb Thomas. (laughs) Hang on, hang on. Jim and Barb Thomas invited Bob Martinelli to our church. I don't know, seven years ago, eight years ago or whatever. Now, Bob is not here today. He's sick. But if Bob was here, I would ask Bob to stand up. So, Kevin, would you just stand in for Bob, please, just for a moment? Just stand up for Bob. I know. Hi, Bob. So, so Kevin's Bob, okay? Bob Martinelli invited his family members to church. And because Bob was here, some of his family members came. Chuck, are you here today? Chuck Martinelli, would you stand? Would you stand, Chuck? And your wife, Kathy, would you stand? Kathy... Kathy and Chuck were married at Bridge. Because Chuck and Kathy are here, Matt Martinelli is here. And Matthew, where are you? Not done. Come on out here. Stop hiding behind your guitar. Here we go. I'm just kidding. Matt's here. And his wife, Jen, is here. Where's Jen? Is Jen here? And his kids, Lane and Lily, are here. Right? And they got married at Bridge. Come on. Come on. Because Kathy Martinelli is here, Dave and Lisa Bockert are here today. And Dalen is here. Where's Dalen? Stand up, Dalen, wherever you are. He's watching kids. Lacey is here. Lacey, if you're here, stand up. Lacey's here. Stand up. Stay standing up. Listen. And because Dave and Lisa Bockert are here, Kim Sprangers is here today. Where's Kim? And where's Gavin? And where's Addie? Let's see you guys, if you're here, stand up. Just stay up just for a moment, okay? And we're going to stop there just for a second, but here's what I want you to do. If any of the people's names that I just mentioned have impacted your life somehow, I want you to stand with me. Have any of these people impacted you? I want you to stand too. Look around. Look at the power of one person, two people, to invite one person. And look at the lives that are being impacted because we are called to build bridges. Amen? Isn't that awesome? This is what it's about, my friends. And that's one example. We could tell a whole lot of examples in this church. But I just want you to hear that God is doing a great thing today. Do you believe that? Do you believe that we can proclaim his goodness at this church? Do you believe? Would everyone stand with us, please, just for a moment? I want you to stand. And the team is going to pause for a few moments. And we're going to watch a video that declares the goodness of God. And here's what I want you to do. This might be a little out of your box because we're not going to have the team play the music yet. But the song that's going to be played is Grateful. And I want you to worship with us as we share 10 years of what God has done at Bridge Community Church. We need to proclaim the greatness of God. Amen? Amen. Each one of us has a story. Each one of us has a part in it. Each one of us can talk about the faithfulness of God. Ten years ago, 
One of the songs that we opened with as a church is a song we're going to close with today. Great is thy faithfulness because God's faithfulness never fails. Amen. Amen. Would you join us as we sing this this evening, this morning?